I'm Dennis Kubergen. You are listening to the Retirement Lifestyle Advocates Radio Program. Glad you decided to listen in today. Hey, joining me on today's program in the second and third segment is returning guest, Dr. Charles Nenner. Uh, Dr. Nenner is a cycles expert, and I'm going to get his take and his forecast on where the U.S. dollar goes from here, where stocks, bonds, and gold go. Uh, I'm going to get his complete forecast here in segments two and three. You'll want to stay tuned for that. And it is July, which means that I have a brand new special report for you. The July 2023 special report is titled Mid-Year Forecast from a Panel of Experts. Uh, I offer you my take on where stocks, bonds, and gold are going as well, what effect it might have on your portfolio. Talk about some world events that are set to occur and how it might affect the investing climate. Uh, the July 2023 special report, I think you'll find to be information packed and uh, four different perspectives offered to you as well. When you request the report, I'll also send you a complimentary copy of my best-selling revenue sourcing book. The revenue sourcing book contains a retirement planning strategy for the post-pandemic economy. Uh, we do live in a uh, crazy world and a crazy investing environment. So uh, you could consider this to be uh, a special package of resources. All you need to do to get all of the information is go to requestyourreport.com. The website, again, is requestyourreport.com, and I'll be glad to send you all the information at no cost and with no future obligation. You know, I have talked here on the program many times about the 200-plus-year-old forecast that one of the founding fathers, uh, Mr. Thomas Jefferson put forth, and he suggested uh, that if we ever allow private bankers to control the issue of our currency, we would have inflation followed by deflation. Well, that's exactly what we've done, and that's exactly, I believe, where we are headed. So we have seen inflation, which I don't believe has been conquered, and now we are seeing early signs of deflation. Now, those terms may not be immediately familiar to you, but technically defined, inflation is an expansion of the currency supply. There's more currency floating around. Historically speaking, deflation is a contraction of the currency supply. Typically, in an inflationary environment, you see the value of assets like stocks and real estate get artificially inflated, to use that term, and in a deflationary environment, as the name implies, often you see the value of stocks and real estate fall. Now, Ryan McMakin, uh, who writes uh, for the Mises Institute, uh, had an article that I found to be very interesting, and in it, he commented on the fact that we now have money supply growth going negative. Well, what does that mean? It means that the money supply is contracting. Now, this happened for the first time in November of 2022. And when the money supply started to contract in November of 2022, that was the first time in 28 years that had happened. In fact, since April of 2021, we have seen not only money supply growth slow, we have actually seen the money supply 
now repeatedly contract year over year, and this has now happened for six months in a row. Now, the last time you had any slip into a current supply, currency supply contracting was in November of 1994. Now, during April of 2023, the year-over-year growth in the money supply stood at negative 12%. March's year-over-year was about negative 10%. April was a negative 7%. So we see this contraction of the money supply now accelerating. Well, the last time we saw the money supply fall like this was in the month leading up to October of 1929. And I don't need to tell any of you who are listening today, uh, that was the period of time that led up to the Great Depression, which was a very, very big deflationary time frame. And that obviously saw the price of stocks fall, saw the price of real estate fall. Now, if you combine this particular statistic with where stocks are now valued, and there's a lot of different ways to value stocks, but I would argue on in this segment today that the best way to value stocks is not priced in U.S. dollars. Why does pricing stocks in U.S. dollars give you a skewed picture of what the stock's value really is? Well, the U.S. dollar has been devaluing now at an accelerating rate over the past few years, and that means anything priced in U.S. dollars is going to be priced at a higher number. So a good example would be go to the grocery store. If you've been to the grocery store over the past few years, you have seen prices continually rise, and that is due to the fact that the dollar is being devalued or the dollar is being inflated. Well, the same devalued dollar that causes grocery prices to go up also causes stocks to go up when priced in dollars. The same thing could be said of real estate priced in dollars. So I like to wade through that flawed metric and use a non-dollar-based valuation method to determine where stocks are valued. So let's start with a Dow-to-gold measure. There's something called a Dow-to-gold ratio, which prices the Dow Jones Industrial Average in gold. And you simply take the Dow Jones Industrial Average value priced in dollars, and you divide by whatever gold is selling for per ounce in dollars, and you come up with a Dow to gold ratio. Now, if you go back to 1980, that ratio was one. The Dow stood at about 850, and the price of gold per ounce stood at 850. So 850 divided by 850 gives you one. Now, at the tech stock bubble peak at the turn of the century in in 2000, the Dow to gold ratio exceeded 40. That means when you took the value of the Dow priced in dollars and divided by the price of gold per ounce in U.S. dollars, you got a number greater than 40. So arguably in 1980, when this Dow to gold ratio was one, stocks were undervalued. But when that ratio hit 40, they were overvalued. Now, presently, as I'm recording this, that ratio stands at about 18. And at prior market bottoms in 1980, um, after the the Great Depression, the 1930s, and also 
when you take a look at where stocks were after World War II, the bottom in stocks typically has this ratio at some number around one or two. So I believe when you look at that metric, when you look at the fact that the currency supply is now contracting, that we are in a situation that stocks very easily could experience a lot more downside. And past guests here on the program have forecast that. Now, there's another indicator we can use that will confirm what I'm telling you here. That indicator is called the Buffett indicator, and it is also used to determine the value of stocks while eliminating the dollar reference. The Buffett indicator takes the total value of stocks, also known as market capitalization. It takes market capitalization and divides by economic output or gross domestic product. So when you take a look at the tech stock bubble, when you had the Dow to gold ratio at 40, stocks were valued at about 155 to 160% of economic output. So the total value of stocks was a little more than one and a half times the total output of the economy. Incidentally, if you fast forward to where we are today, that's exactly where stock valuations are. Now they're down from a high at the end of 2021. At the end of 2021, stocks were about 210% or 2.1 times economic output. They were extremely overvalued. We've seen a correction and a rebound, but now we're right back to that 1.5 to 1.6 economic output to the value of stocks. So we have the Dow to gold ratio telling us the stocks are overvalued. We have the Buffett indicator telling us that stocks may be overvalued. And we have now experienced the greatest money supply contraction since 1929. It seems that caution here may be really, really prudent for a lot of you listening to this program. And if you agree, I would invite you to get our resources for this month. The July 2023 special report is titled Mid-Year Forecast from a Panel of Experts. If you go to requestyourreport.com, I'll be glad to send you the report. You'll also get some bonus information, including the Revenue Sourcing Book, which contains strategies for you to consider for your own situation. So again, requestyourreport.com is the website. You can request the special report, which is the mid-year forecast from a panel of experts. You'll also get the Revenue Sourcing Book. And again, requestyourreport.com is that website. I'll be back after these words with my special guest, Dr. Charles Menner. Welcome back to RLA Radio. I'm your host, Dennis Kuberg, and joining me once again on today's program is Dr. Charles Menner. He is the founder of the Charles Menner Research Center. You can learn more about his work and actually take a free trial of his work, which I would encourage you to do. Uh, the website to check it out is charlesmenner.com. And Dr. Nenner, welcome back to the program. Well, it's great to be back. So. 
Charles, let's just start by talking a little bit about your work. For listeners maybe that uh, are new listeners, they're not familiar with your work, can, can you talk a little bit about uh, what you do and, and how you came to, to be doing what you're doing today? Yes, actually, uh, I started this already in the 80s. And uh, at that time, there was almost no computer, so I started doing things by hand. And later, made the computer programs, which were successful. In uh, I went to Merrill Lynch and then made the whole career in Goldman Sachs. And people look very strange at how can a computer, you know, predict the future so exactly. But now that everybody's in artificial intelligence, and now suddenly I get all these phone calls from big firms and banks because now they understand that such a thing as artificial intelligence. I was just too early. Uh, but that's actually what I did. <clears throat> so the computer program uh, finds the dates and the levels that that markets move. So it can tell you uh, a cycle. We call it a cycle. It's up and a cycle is down. How many months is down? How many weeks? How many days it's down? And then we can pinpoint and this and this week or this and this day. Even we have an intraday service that tells you at this and this hour. Uh, for instance, the S&P is going to bottom. And then also we found out the formulas that say if an S&P starts moving, let's say it moves up, how many points it moves up. That's nothing to do with the news because if it had to do with the news, I could never predict anything. So by this, we proved that the news just comes late and people make an interpretation why something happened. But actually, we know before it happens. Why exactly it happens, that's a good question. I still cannot answer that. I said later, you know, I'm going to go into the philosophy of what we're doing and write a book about it, but it's probably not going to happen because I'm going to be tired. And I think I'm too lazy <laughs> to write a book about it. <laughs> so, Charles, you know, when, when, when a listener is hearing what you're saying, that uh, you can actually have a computer analyze market activity and accurately forecast where markets are going to go, when markets are going to turn, at what levels are going to turn. Uh, what percentage of accuracy uh, would you say that you have with your systems? I know that's a question a lot of listeners are going to have. Well, if you go to my website and you click on track record, it gives a track record. So, for instance, last year was a difficult year. We were up 100%. If you look at last year, Bitcoin was very difficult. We were up 250%. And it shows you every trade we do. Now, I haven't looked at everything lately, but I don't think there was one losing trade in there. And we're talking about gold, silver, U.S. bonds, crude oil, natural gas, whatever. Uh, all the trades are there. Uh, they're audited, so you can see it. You can see exactly which date and at what level we bought and at what level we sold. So, so everything that a person has to know is is, is is there. Well, and again, the website is charlesmenner.com. So, Charles, how did you discover that Cycles exist in markets. Well, that's interesting. As you may remember, we talked once about it. I'm a medical doctor, and I did uh, I did some work uh, in psychiatry that the group wanted to know if there is a, a pattern or a cycle when people become psychotic or not. And that was, for instance, based on the fact that maybe you also know that in the full moon, a lot of women give early birth. So you better have your staff ready. Nobody knows why, 
but that's for doctors not important to know. The difference between doctors and economists is the economists want to know why before they use something. And the doctor says, if the red pill saves your life, it gives you red pill, even if I don't know how the red pill works. So then I was on vacation on the United States and I watched a television station about Wall Street. I'd never seen anything about Wall Street. And the market goes up and down, up and down. And there were all kinds of explanations that didn't make sense. And I thought, well, maybe there's also a pattern in there. So then I went into the library of the university, uh, uh, library in Amsterdam, and I started looking at it, things by hand. And I found the patterns, not as good as the computer, but they're definitely there. And then you have the situation is if something goes up, how high does it go up? That, I want to make a point, is often people think, if I know the news of tomorrow, I know what's going to happen. So let me give you an example. If you and I own IBM and we bought it at 100 and it's going to 150 and IBM comes out tomorrow with a great result, well, what is the stock going to do? Well, if the cycle is up, then IBM goes up, of course, and then the Wall Street Journal will write, uh, investors poured into IBM, the Jews had to write it because the, the results were so great. But now the cycle is down, but the results are still great, and now IBM has to go down, so IBM goes down, and the Wall Street Journal will write something like, investors took profit because they don't think IBM can do better next year. Now, everybody recognizes that. The problem with this is, so even if you know the news, you don't know the interpretation of the news. And the computer knows the interpretation of the news. So here comes the connection with my psychiatry and my mass psychology that the cycles predict actually um, the interpretation of the facts. So... Charles, I, I'm curious, um, when, when you look at cycles, are you, are you referring to time cycles? Are you referring to cycles in price? In other words, prices rise this percent and this percent, like something Fibonacci-based? How, how do your cycles work, well, uh, if you can we, share a little bit about that? Well, we all know, probably listeners also know, Fibonacci works a lot of the times. The problem with Fibonacci is the different levels, so you don't still don't know What's going to happen? You have to make a choice out of three or four levels, and you still don't know. Uh, this is this is not Fibonacci. This just that is like if you remember when you were in school, you shoot up a bullet. If you know the momentum, you know how high the bullet is going to be, and you know how long it's going to stay in the air and until it goes down. So the theory is IBM goes up with a certain momentum, and then you know how high IBM is going to go. Now, interesting, most of the time, uh, a news item comes out at the end of the of the move up, and then it starts turning down. So people never understand what's going on because they said, "Oh, because of this and this happened, IBM came down." So I'll give you an example. Before this virus thing started, we were in 100% cash because the cycles were down. I had no idea what could happen, and then the virus came, and you know we were not hurt at all. So the cycles know things that you cannot know what happens in advance. By the way, if you want to look at the, at the, at the most people don't know that what happened to the virus, there is a very clear uh, cycle uh, of 100 years in those pandemics um, that you can find. It's strange that people don't talk about it. Oh, so this goes in cycles. So nature goes in cycles and mass psychology goes in cycles. Now you can say 
how does a person on my cycle? Well, that I don't know. I know the cycles in financial markets because uh, if hundreds of millions of people are in the markets, they neutralize each other and then they have no free choice. So then I only have to know what the no free choice is going to do. So, Dr. Nenner, when, when, when you talk about cycles as it relates to particular markets, um, do these cycles apply to like the broad economy as well and inflation and, and other yes. things that people are presently concerned about? Yeah, because the inflation, they just make up stories. Inflation is lower, it's higher. It comes off the wages, becomes a who knows what it is. They're just a cycle in inflation. And um, the same thing has happened with the virus. You know, something happens and later we know why it happens. So this inflation is a story of hundreds of years. It goes in cycles and there's not much you can do about it. And you cannot pinpoint to what leads to the inflation. So what is your forecast when you look at your cycles? Inflation is certainly a, a, a big item, especially for, for lower and middle class Americans. It's, it's squeezing their discretionary income. What are, your, what are your cycles telling you about where inflation goes from here? Well, if this is a long-term situation, there's a 30-year 30 30 cycle in bond yield. That's why bonds didn't go up for a long time, because it wasn't time. Then it was time, and then they start moving up. We also have a new period of inflation. It doesn't go through the roof immediately. It goes in what you would say in waves. So it go, you know, the first wave goes up, and then it goes down, and in two weeks, uh, the cycle is up again for inflation. So we're going to hear all kinds of stories why inflation is going up. Uh, probably Powell knows it already because yesterday he said, no, no, we have to continue with the higher interest rates. Also, that we, we have a cycle. So so it's not that they have, like you have a Freudian figure who takes care of us. No, the cycles are up until late next year, the Fed funds. So all the speculation every time doesn't doesn't lead to anything because or you know it or you don't know it. Now the interesting thing is if I watch television program, there's still a lot of people who say, well, they, you know, we don't really know, and the public is being educated that you don't really know. So you see inflation. If I heard you correctly, in, in a couple of weeks we're going to see this inflation cycle turn back up. Uh, right. how, how how severe does inflation become? Are we going to see more severe inflation than we've already seen? Yeah, yeah. We go. You should go to a new high, but it can take till next year. And and how? What 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 level of inflation do you forecast? Well, I first looked at twelve percent, then we'll go down again, and then we'll go higher. This is really situation for the next ten years. I mean, we're not going to see ten percent and uh, sorry two percent anymore. Uh, it's very strange people don't look at history. They only remember when they were alive, what the history tells them. Uh, but you have to do the work of the, uh, the last couple of hundred years. Give you one more example. Uh, uh, gold should actually go up because there's a lot of trouble. You know, the threat of war, there's inflation, and gold doesn't really go up. Why? Because cycles are still down. Now, if you have the same situation when cycles are up, gold goes to the roof. So soon the cycles are bottoming and you will see that the, the news will not be enticing for a new bull market. It's just that the news stays the same and suddenly people wake up. What about this? What about that? Let's buy gold. 
Well, my guest today is Dr. Charles Nenner. His website is charlesnenner.com. I'd encourage you to check it out. You can get a free trial to his work there. Again, the website is charlesnenner.com. I'll return and continue my conversation with Charles Nenner when RLA Radio returns. Stay with us. RLA Radio is back. I'm your host, Dennis Tubergen. I am chatting today with Dr. Charles Menner. He is the founder of the Charles Menner Research Center. And uh, prior to the break, we were chatting about the inflation cycles uh, that Dr. Menner predicts will uh, continue. Uh, inflation will continue higher for the next 10 years. And as, as, as the clock, uh, Dr. Nenner so rudely interrupted us, uh, you were talking about gold cycles. So let's pick up where we left off. Uh, what, what is your forecast for gold and, uh, and silver moving ahead if it's different than the gold forecast? Well, the forecast is uh, we're still short in gold now again uh, for the last $150 or so. And uh, the cycles are down till after the summer. So the bull market will resume, but it's too early. So you predict fall time we'll see gold take off again? Yes, yes. The target is two and a half thousand. You just have to time it. And the problem is uh, when I say something on the radio, that's why I'm very careful because if I say gold goes up, then people buy it. And if it's too early, they say I'm there for the long, long run. But then if it goes down fifty dollars, okay, I'm wrong for the long run. When it goes down hundred dollars, I get worried. When it's down hundred fifty, they sell out. So all these people and you know investors are saying there for the long run usually are not emotionally strong enough neither am i so uh, nobody is to uh, to have these losses and in the end it happens but then you're out so i'm, I'm not saying exactly what's going to happen in gold because i'm afraid that people say okay he says bull market will start let's buy and then if it goes down another serious amount of dollars then uh, they're out by the time that you have to be in So, Charles, when you when you take a look at silver, do you see the same uh, the same cycle for silver? Do you see that silver will also take off in in the fall based on your cycle research? Yeah, the cycle for silver bottom a little bit earlier than gold, but it's still too early uh, to go long. I mean, if you trade it with our in, insights and the cycles, you do very well. But if you buy and hold, it's too early. So let's talk about some of the investments that many of our listeners hold in their IRAs and 401k plans. Often uh, it's some variation of a stock or stock fund or a bond or a bond fund. Uh, let's talk about stocks. Uh, when you look at a lot of the fundamental valuations, stocks are still overvalued. Uh, we've had a nice rebound here since uh, October of last year. Uh, where do you see the major U.S. stock market indices going uh, through the summer and the remainder of the year? Well, we were we were long and was, uh, we're probably going to be stuck out today if we have a lower close, but the cycles were up till the end of June. So we were safe till the end of June, and by the end of June, uh, it starts to be very risky. So you're predicting that potentially we will start to see a decline here within the next few weeks in stocks. 
how low do stocks go? Well, that I also don't want to really say. If, if they watch the website, they, they see it. We update four times a week because it, I have been in situations that I said something on the radio and I had a low target and there were some people who were not believed it who, who loaded up puts even taking a loan on their house. And it happened, but it didn't happen in the in the time that they bought the puts for. So the puts expired worthless and then the whole market came crashing down. And... Um, that's why we give a 30-day uh, free trial for people. Just see if you like it. There's very exact levels and dates in there. And uh, that you can work with. So do you have an ultimate forecast for stocks, Dr. Nenner? I mean, if you turn the clock ahead a few years, uh, fundamentally speaking anyway, there's there's massive amounts of debt in the private sector and public sector. It's hard to envision a healthy world economy moving ahead. It, it seems like when you look at the data, that's going to have to weigh on stocks. But you look at things from a cycles perspective. Where do you think we are in stocks in a few years? Well, you can you can write this down. The situation that happened at the crash of 1929 was because nine out of ten cycles stopped together, and you have the same situation the end of 1926. Sorry. 2026, 2027. So that is really going to be a terrible situation. So I think we're going to hang, we know we're going to lower, we're going to hang around, but then people are going to lose whatever they have by the end of 2026, 2027. What about, uh, what about bonds? Let's start with, uh, with U.S. Treasuries. What, what, you know, the, the, the debt ceiling deal was, just put together, and rather than set a new debt ceiling limit, the politicians in Washington have decided to just disregard it until after the 2024 election. Uh, what do you think about treasuries based on cycles research? Well, to give an example, when the 30-year, you can check it out, was about 190. We got totally out of bonds. And I wrote a piece that says, if you think that the inflation is going to be less than 1%, it never comes back because people were used to a, a bull market of 40 years. They couldn't imagine that bonds would go down. And I said, at least buy a bond so you get your, your, your money back. If you're in a bond fund, you never get it back anymore. So now we're in the middle of the 120s, 2526. And in a few weeks, finally, we intend to go back and buy some bonds. The cycle's almost bottoming. What about currencies? What are your cycles saying about currencies? There's a lot of talk around the world. Uh, the BRICS countries, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, are talking about uh, rolling out their version of a currency to use in trade. Uh, what do your uh, cycles tell you about, say, the dollar and the euro? Well, the cycle of the dollar is bottoming right this week. So we, uh, we're going long soon when we get a buy signal in a few days, I guess. And this BRIC situation is a bad situation, but for now, the dollar is okay. Do you have any ultimate forecast for the U.S. dollar? So what do you mean? Oh, uh, uh, I have a target of what? I have a target of one of six on the dollar index, and if that goes one twenty, so that's still very positive. Okay. So, would it be fair to say then that the uh, the euro is going to perform inversely to the U.S. dollar as is yeah. typical? Yeah, usually that's what happens. Yeah, um, talk a little bit about real estate. Do your do your cycles track real estate, and what's your opinion? Yeah, real estate tops next year. 
is still holding on this year and the next year is the top. Okay, well, I'm chatting today with Dr. Charles Nenner. The website is charlesnenner.com. Dr. Nenner is offering a free trial for uh, any listener that would like to check it out. Again, the website is charlesnenner.com. What's your take on on where things go worldwide uh, politically, Dr. Nenner? Do you you have any cycles, uh, research as to what we're going to see politically, often extreme economic circumstances lead to extreme political environments. Well, as uh, you, you know, have any maybe I have, to, I have talked about these war cycles. I started it with the Mandarin Empire 3,000 years ago. And I said, you know, uh, from the second decade of this century, it's going to be war, 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 war. And I don't know what's going on. I just had President Biden call to see the uh, <clears throat> the. Uh, head of the Chinese empire, a dictator, and Chinese cannot lose face. So I don't understand what the West is doing. Uh, And they kind of forcing the whole world into a major war. So a lot of subscribers talk to me about that. They said, what's the safest place to be? And we're really very worried that this is going to explode. So your war cycles are telling you uh, what at this point, just just to make uh, that point clear for the listeners? Well, the most of that cycle's going up, so it's going to be worse. And uh, we're very worried about it. So how do you see uh, politics here in the U.S. playing out going into 2024? Any predictions? No. In what way? <clears throat> I think <clears throat> sorry, more social unrest because the social unrest cycles are up for another couple of years. And I'm surprised how fast they they tried to destroy the United States. I knew it was coming based on cycles, but it goes very fast. So when you say the social unrest cycle is up for another couple of years, uh, do you see that there's a lot of social unrest, uh, largely due to you know economic difficulties for a lot of the population? So do I hear you correctly that you see that intensifying over the next couple of years? Yeah, but we still talk about why things happen. I'm not an expert in why things happen. I'm an expert in what happens and when it happens. So I don't know exactly what's triggering this, what's going on. Uh, I understand that people that think Marxism is good, just they know better how to do Marxism because, you know, like 100 million people died in the last experiment. And that hap- these things happen just when cycles are there. It doesn't happen out of the blue. And it's the mystery of cycles that they decide to do push those agenda just when the cycle say they should do it. Well, we do have a couple of minutes left. Uh, chat a bit about uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. What's your take? Well, the, the, it's going higher, but again, they, I don't want to say long-term outlooks. If we do the Bitcoin, we even have a special subscription for only, I think, 80 or $90 a month for Bitcoin, Ethereum. Uh, please take a look at the research, and then uh, if you have questions, you can always send an email, and we try to answer it. Are you uh, bullish on cryptocurrencies? For the moment, we're very long. Okay. Well, my guest today is Dr. Charles Nenner. Uh, he is a cycles expert. You can learn more about his work at charlesnenner.com. I'd encourage you to check it out. He's also offering a free trial for the listeners. Again, the website, charlesnenner.com. Dr. Nenner, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Appreciate uh, your time today, and I'd love to have you back for an update down the road. Okay, we'll talk again.
Do well. Thank you. RLA Radio will return after these words. You are listening to RLA Radio. I'm your host, Dennis Tubergen. Glad you're listening in today, and thank you again to my special guest today, Dr. Charles Nenner, for joining us on today's program. We always appreciate his perspective here at RLA Radio. In the first segment of today's program, I talked about the fact that the money supply is shrinking. Now, the fact that the money supply is shrinking is, in and of itself, pretty remarkable because if you look back throughout history, the money supply almost never gets smaller, but we've seen a money supply decline since April of 2022 of 12%. Now, what does that mean? It means that $2.6 trillion has now disappeared from the financial system. Now, that is the largest drop as I said in the first segment, in the money supply since the Great Depression. Economist Murray Rothbard estimated that in the months leading up to the Great Depression, the money supply fell by 12% from $73 billion in mid-1929 to about $64 billion at the end of 1932. So while the dollars were a lot different then, you see that on a percentage basis, we are now experiencing a similar drop. Now, does that mean that we are headed for recession? Are we headed for depression? Well, we'll have to wait and see, but it's certainly not a positive sign. And another indicator that tells us that we may be in a recession and may be headed for a deep recession is when you start looking at the Airbnb statistics. Now, many of you who have traveled, uh, as have I, probably enjoy staying in Airbnbs. It's nice to have a kitchen. It's nice to stay in a home, maybe instead of a hotel, depending on what your tastes are and how you like to travel. But we are seeing Airbnb numbers now decline significantly. In fact, in some cities, Airbnb operators are seeing revenues down 50% in the last half of 2022. Now, these losses, these revenue declines are likely going to lead to distressed selling in Airbnb properties. Now, I happen to have some personal experience with one Airbnb property um, in a southern resort area. Um, I rented it. I stayed there. I noticed that the property sold for a certain price, and after it had an Airbnb rental history, uh, the, the, the person that flipped the home was able to get about a 50% profit on their initial investment because another investor came in and said, hey, I like this. I want the income stream. Well, now that seems to be falling apart. So with this revenue crash, it's going to be difficult for many of the Airbnb property owners who finance their properties to make the payment. So I think we're going to see some distressed selling. In fact, I I think we're starting to see that now. 
according to data from all the rooms, which tracks Airbnb statistics, on a national basis, the number of Airbnb homes for sale in 2023 has increased 65%. So there are 65% more homes for sale that have been used for Airbnb purposes than last year. In fact, there were more Airbnb homes that, that actually were listed on Airbnb last year as well. So this is a perfect storm. Now this 50% revenue drop is definitely by area, by geographic area around the country. Uh, Monroe County, Pennsylvania, 52.9% drop from May 22 to May 2023. So year over year, Airbnb revenues are down 53%. Lake Havasu, Arizona, down 50.4%. Flathead County, Montana, down 49.2%. Austin, Texas, down 48.6%. Sevierville, Tennessee, near where Dollywood is, down 48.4%. Phoenix, down 48.2%. Myrtle Beach, down 48%. San Antonio, down 47%. Gulfport, down 46%. I could go on and on and on. However, you have a significant drop in Airbnb revenues all across the country. Now, Phoenix seems to be ground zero for this decline with a lot more Airbnb rentals available and now a lot more listings there uh, indicating that there are distressed, there is distressed selling uh, going on. Now I expect that this will continue. And in other evidence that we may be entering a deflationary environment, have you seen the price of diamonds lately? The old song says diamonds are a girl's best friend that they're really not an investor's friend right now. We have seen diamond prices fall significantly this year as well. Diamond prices are now down 18% from their all-time high in February of 2022. So going back just a little less than a year and a half, diamond prices are down almost 20%, and they're down 6.5% year-to-date through the end of May of this year, that's according to the Global Rough Diamond Price Index. And if you look at the market and analyze it, it appears that they could be falling even more. Paul Zaminski, who is the CEO of Paul Zaminski Diamond Analytics in an interview with CNBC said that a slightly better than average one carat natural diamond, meaning a naturally mined diamond versus a lab grown diamond was $6,700 a year ago, and today that same diamond is $5,300. Diamonds saw elevated prices during the COVID-19 pandemic, and other jewelry did as well. You had a lot of government stimulus floating around out there. You had consumers that really couldn't do anything else, so a lot of them bought jewelry. Now we're seeing that market return to normal. And as we've talked about in the first segment of today's program, I expect that we'll see stocks, real estate, and other markets go back to a more normal type environment as well. 
Now diamonds are in a steep decline. As I talked about in this segment, Airbnb properties are declining. All indications are that we are entering a deflationary environment, at least on things that we own. I'd like to remind you that it is July, so I do have a special report for you. Uh, the report for the month of July is titled Mid-Year Forecast from a Panel of Experts. And in the report, I talk about the fact that we experienced over the past several years a prosperity illusion. We had this illusion of prosperity with stock prices, diamond prices, real estate prices all moving higher, but it was all fueled by currency creation and debt accumulation. And now we're seeing that reverse. So if you'd like to get a copy of that July 2023 special report, all you need to do is visit the website, requestyourreport.com. The website again, requestyourreport.com. And when you visit the website and let me know where to mail the report, you'll get the report as well as some bonus information, including the revenue sourcing book. And let me remind you also as I close that if you go to retirementlifestyleadvocates.com, there are a lot of free resources there. You'll get access to my weekly newsletter, the weekly headline roundup newscast, uh, as well as the podcast version of this program. That's at retirementlifestyleadvocates.com. That's all the time I have for this week. Hope you got something you can use, and I'll be back again next week. <laughs> 